This is the Frogcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Frogcast. It is game week. We are done waiting. The season is here. This Saturday at 11 o'clock, the Frogs kick off against Southern. Not Southern Cal, not Southern Miss, Southern. We're going to talk about that game depth chart, recruiting news, that, and a whole lot more on this episode of the Frogcast. Well, Daniel, it sounds like I kept uh, saying your name there in the introduction, but are you ready for the game this Saturday against Southern? Me? What? Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> No, that is distracting. Uh, every time, you know, on all the boards I'm on, I'm seeing about this, about Southern, that about Southern. And, and I, in a group of friends, there was another guy who was named Daniel, and his wife decided to just call me Southern. So in that whole circle, that was what I went by. So it's really throwing me off this whole week. Anyway, uh, yes, I'm ready for the game. Totally stoked, even though it's going to be over in the first drive probably um it's sad but that's what fcs games are and um and you know tcu played at that point once where they were the uh the the punching bag for the money and uh so anyway it's uh it's gonna be fun hey it's gonna be tcu football in the carter so i'm i am excited about it i know it's not the the marquee matchup but this is the game coach patterson wants uh jeremy what do you think about the the frog scheduling you know we got an fcs team here we're starting with a historically black college in university which I, which i think is cool i think there's a lot of pride and tradition in those schools you see it in their their game day environment and their bands i don't know those guys play hard but what what do you think is uh what's the view on the other side of the desk maybe what's the administration think when it comes to scheduling well, I think you want to schedule these kind of games. You want to, you don't want to have complete layups in the preseason before you get to conference play, but you do want to have at least one of those games because you play non-conference games and you're you're going to have a, a pretty tough conference schedule. So you want to schedule a game that you should win. You want to schedule a game that uh, is is pretty close, that but you you should uh, still win it, and then you also want to play a fifty-fifty game. And obviously, is uh, this one's the game you should win. The SMU game is the one that could be close, but it shouldn't be. And then the 50-50 game is obviously Ohio State. So um, I think I think moving forward, TCU should at least try to schedule at least one FCS opponent every year. But I'm not a uh, I wouldn't be opposed to them kind of scheduling a uh, a lower school from a G5 conference, someone like maybe even North Texas get some more regional action in this area and. Um, maybe I, I guarantee the, 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 there would be more fans this Saturday if North Texas was playing over there at Amon Carter instead of Southern, but you gotta, you gotta take what you get. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I always thought we should play can- uh, Texas state, you know, get down there in the central oh, Texas, yeah. maybe be good for recruiting. That's a, that's another easy win. That's as easy a win as some of these really strong FCS schools, but I always thought we could, we could do something like that, play one of those schools. And I, I know I'm, this is going to sound so counterintuitive because I don't have to pay the bills. I'd like to do a two for one with a good destination school. That's a G5. I'd like to do a two for one with San Diego state twice at home. And once there or a two for one with Tulane and go down to new Orleans, preferably when they get done running the option and chopping our knees. But you know, that, <laughs> I, I know, I know they, the, 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 the Patterson and, 
previously Del Conte and obviously Jeremiah Donati, they know what they're doing and they have a plan that they're trying to execute here. But every every season, there's usually kind of a, a complaining about about scheduling this game. But it's going to be hopefully an easy win. The Frogs are going to be able to get out there and get everybody in in the second half. And if you're going to listen to this and you can get there, you better get there on Saturday at 11 o'clock. We got a depth chart that was released this week, and we know that with Coach Patterson, depth charts are, are sometimes uh, uh, up for interpretation. Uh, there's ors in there, um, not Nick Orr, but there's so-and-so or so-and-so, as well as some people that may or may not be starting. Jeremy, when you had this depth chart released and you had a chance to put your eyes on it, what, what were one or two things that kind of popped out at you? Uh, I, I would say, first and foremost, I don't believe that Kevontae Turpin is going to be rotating with Jalen Austin. I just... I've never seen Cavante as an outside receiver. That's not to say that he won't line up maybe over there in single coverage, maybe to create a mismatch, but he's really best in their offense when he's running from slot, running those jet sweeps, running in motion, um, getting matched up against a, a bigger linebacker or even a bigger safety. I think all, all of his career, he's made the most of his plays from the slot position. Uh, staying on offense, I, I think the – uh, other surprise was obviously Cole Novak at tight end. Uh, I don't think anyone really paid attention to what Coach Patterson was saying in the spring when when you had Pro Wells, Artavius Lynn, and Christian Williams were all out in the spring, and Cole Novak really had a chance to go out there and and get a ton of reps and impress the coaching staff. And obviously, he did well enough in the fall to earn that starting position. He's above Artavius Land. Pro Wells is still not completely healthy. And I'll be completely honest with you guys. I have no idea where Christian Williams is. I, I don't know if it's health related or if he's just uh, not as good as they thought, but um, I mean, it's, it should tell you something if Cole Novak's out there. I've heard he's a, a really good blocker. He's not much of a, uh, a threat downfield. Um, so if you're having ambitions of TCU, using a uh, tight end that's 6'6", the Jason Morrow top, or even the Mark Andrews top that they had at OU last year, just go ahead and hit that snooze button, wake up, because it's not <laughs> it's not going to happen. Uh, you know, I just, I'm sorry, go ahead, Jeff. No, I was just going to say, I think one of the guys that we're going to miss that we're not going to re- realize we missed was Cole Hunt, not because he was yeah. Mark Andrews, but because that guy could block. And yeah. he, he had a big body and knew what to do on the edge, and he was, a, he was really a hybrid between an offensive lineman and a, and a G5 tackle. Yeah. I mean, a tight end and a G5 tackle because he was gifted and big and strong and quick and knew how to put a helmet on the helmet. So, sorry, but I, that, that's one of the guys I want to keep an eye on with Novak. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the other the other guys, <clears throat> I was kind of surprised not to see Tavalence Hunt on there because I'd heard that he had a really good fall camp. And I reached out to make sure he wasn't hurt or anything. And, and from what I've been told, he's fine. Um, he just somehow is not listed. I think he's going to be out there playing just as much as the other younger guys, maybe not as much as Tay Barber, but certainly as much as John Stevens. And John Stevens is listed at a uh, third team behind uh, Rager and Meeking. The okay. only other uh, offensive line wise, I, I really didn't see a big surprise. Been told all fall that it was going to be Austin Myers or Anthony McKinney. I still think it's going to be Austin Myers out there. Chris Gaynor at right guard. That is complete shock to me because I'd heard, had not heard anything about him playing right guard. In fact, he'd been playing center. And uh, for you guys that haven't read any of the reviews I've done, I've, I've been told that Chris is actually going to miss the first game of the season um, because he's suspended for violation of team rules. I don't know what those team rules were. This happened a long time ago, and he's having to pay the price now. So I don't think he's he, 
I've been told he's not even going to be playing. So at right guard, I, I, I'm thinking you're either going to see Trey Elliott or if Casey McDermott via is healthy, then you'll, you'll see him. But for now, I think it's probably going to be Trey Elliott. And defensively, I know I can ramble on here a lot, guys. You're talking depth chart. That's oh, all right. Um, yeah, give us a couple it, of things on defense. It, it wasn't, you know, the, for for offense and defense, it, not to pat myself on the back, and I'm not trying to brag about myself, but there, I'm just saying there wasn't too many surprises because I predicted 17 of 22 positions, and, and basically my predictions come off of what people are telling me. And so there wasn't really a, a whole lot of surprises, but I guess up front the kind of uh, shocker to me was Ty Summers remaining at, at, at right end because he's obviously above LJ Collier. LJ missed some practices. He missed, I think, a little over a week. And I, I thought by the time he got healthy that he would be back over there and Ty would move back to linebacker. But obviously that's not the case. Ty's list, listed at the first team at a right end in front of Collier. So that, that tells me one or two things, that, that Summers has just really taken on the position, done well, and maybe they want to get him out there against Southern so he can get reps against other people besides TCU at the position and maybe LJ's just not completely healthy yet. Maybe he's not ready to go and, and they really need Ty. I still firmly believe that once they play teams that are a more uh, pro set teams, more power like Kansas state, I think you'll see Ty playing linebacker and LJ. Cause obviously he's a 280 pound defensive end. You want to have that size when you're playing a power run team, like, like the Wildcats and whoever else. Mm-hmm. O- OU obviously has two great running backs as well. So you can see, uh, those those uh, you know personnel changes as as the opponents you know whatever they they come out and run run or pass the football I think that's how you're gonna um, be able to judge where Ty's gonna line up uh, Garrett Wallow that's another guy Gary Patterson loves that guy man I, I just can't tell you how many times I've heard uh, Wallow's name come up and, and it was kind of surprising because he beat out Jawan Johnson and everyone thought once Jawan transferred from northern illinois is obviously one of the top linebackers in that uh the mac and uh had just crazy stats last year i think he led the country with five force fumbles or something crazy like that at linebacker and had a ton of tackles had five interceptions and i think a lot of people just thought he was going to come in and, and be the starter but garrett stuck in there he's six two he's 215 he can run and 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 Coach Patterson loves his awareness. He, he's just a smart kid, and, and for him to get out there and start, I think it's it's pretty big. But other than that, guys, I mean, I, there's there's just really not a whole lot of surprises. I mean, if you look at uh, some of the things I've wrote about in the last week, just talking about the offense and defense, I pretty much had a lot of these positions nailed. There's some guys that obviously I was wrong about Ty going to linebacker and, you know, uh, Maybe uh, uh, the free safety. I didn't. I think I mentioned our Darius Washington maybe being a third or fourth guy, but um, some of the true freshmen in there, seven true freshmen are on the two and three deep, and that's pretty good for them. That's pretty good for that class because you've heard so much about that class as as soon as they got on campus. So interesting depth chart. I yeah. think it'll it'll fluctuate. It'll change game to day, game to game. I guarantee it. You know that's a lot of a lot of new names, a lot of interesting names, places the you know positions that people are going to that maybe we hadn't projected. Daniel, when you think about this game Saturday, who are you most excited to to kind of lock eyes and see who they're going to be able to see what they're going to be able to do on the field? Who are you looking forward to seeing play this Saturday? Jonathan Song. 
<laughs> the quintessential, the quintessential message board fan right there, Jonathan. Song. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny. I've been you know, the last couple of weeks. I've been watching, you know, uh, games on YouTube and he's actually, he kicked in a lot of games. Uh, these last two years, more than it seems like it's like it's it's kind of a an odd thing. Everyone thinks he hasn't kicked at all practically, and he was I don't know the stat. He was in a lot, but it I don't know. It's like a, a bizarro uh, Ross Evans thing. Everyone thought Ross Evans was the worst kicker we ever had, but statistically he was like one of the best. Yep. But mm-hmm. because he just missed at the right time or wrong time, yeah. So anyway. Uh, he actually kicked a lot more than I thought, but I am looking forward to um, kind of seeing, um, I guess, the O line because I just want to see where we're at, how we're going to do, and then also Terrell Cooper just because he's filling in such an important spot that I, I mean, when that news broke, that just ruined my day oh, about Blacklock. Yeah. Oh yeah. So, my phone, my phone yeah, can uh, like, confirm that too. The, from the bad <laughs> yeah. text messages you were sending. Yeah, <laughs> I don't yeah. even remember what I sent. <laughs> you sent one. Yeah, it, was, just, it, it was just a crazy text of just a revolver. It, no message, nothing, just a picture. <laughs> <laughs> you, you were like a French existentialist with a cigarette sitting out, you know, uh, uh, hanging out the side of your mouth, and a glass of beer. Like, why? What what is even the point of all of this? <laughs> Season's gone. It was. I don't even. Yeah, want, was, I don't want them to go off start Sean Patterson. They don't even yeah, need to show up and play the game against Southern now. Oh no, I hate. It. I don't even like football to be honest. That was my thought. So. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't even like sports anymore. I, I just quit. Sports. Yeah. Well, one of the guys <laughs> I'm looking forward to seeing. You mentioned this, Daniel. I want to see Wes Harris get on the field. I've had high hopes for him. Obviously, I've uh, you know used to live in Alito. I followed Alito. I, I know he comes from good stock. He's a good guy. Um, yeah. I'm a big Wes Harris fan, so I'm really looking forward to seeing what he can do on the field. First, second team, wherever he's at on the depth chart, I know he's going to play this Saturday. So I got an eye on Wes Harris, and I think, uh, in the name of full disclosure, we tried to record this and it didn't work. Um, You mentioned this on our first attempt, Daniel. Michael Collins. I mean, he's going to go from – he's no longer going to be a legend. He's going to be a real player. He's not going to be Dwight Smith anymore. He is going to be like a legitimate player on the field. So I want to see what Michael Collins can do. I do, I do, because um, if anything happens to Robinson, I know mean, I want to see uh, what we what we have. I want, so if I need to know if I need to break down again, like with Blacklock, yeah, just, um, just quit. <laughs> yeah, I need to know if I need to do that again. Or um, and if see if he's really that good, then I'll just be that much more um, looking forward to what we've got with Sean Robinson. Yes, even better. So here's even better. Here's what Coach P said about Collins on on Monday's Big Twelve teleconference. He he said that you'll see Mike in the ball game possibly earlier than later. And, here, oh. and here's 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 all the na- here's here's the here's for the folks that love to use the line. If you have two quarterbacks, you have no quarterbacks. Yes. From from Gary Patterson's lips to y'all's ears, I think it takes two quarterbacks to get you through a season to be successful. I think we feel better about our one-two quarterback right now than we did a year ago with a true freshman. Nice. And he didn't go through a lot with Kenny Hill as the starter. So, obviously, those those mm-hmm. two guys, I, I think a lot of fans are going to be surprised with how well Michael Collins can play. But, you know, what? I'm looking he was forward there. to it. He was never in the contest, man. 
Like never. 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 Not a walk on. It's never. a four star, man. <laughs> never, never, never. All right. Well, let's uh, let's get our projections on our predictions on record here. Jeremy, what is the score this Saturday against Southern? I'm going to go 59 to seven, Jeff. I think the uh, 59. To yeah, seven. I think the Frogs score pretty much at will in the first half. Defense will give up something late, some some fluke play late in the game with their third or fourth string. But the third or fourth string is actually probably better than Southern's first string, so they could easily get a shutout. But I don't want to give too much credit to them right off the bat, so give me 59-7. to 59-7. Daniel, what do you got? Uh, I'm going to go with 62 to nothing. Nice. Um, we score seven touchdowns, but um, – Towards the end of the game, Jonathan Song gets hurt on the sideline, and the replacement has to come in, and he misses the extra point. So that's why we only get 62. That's why we only get 62. Okay. I can respect your decision there. I can respect your decision. I'm going to go 70-7. to I think the Frogs are going to light it up. They're going to give up a touchdown. They're going to score on offense, defense, and special teams. There's going to be a pick six, probably Jeff Gladney. And I also think uh, Turpin's going to either run, run a, he's going to return a kick, whether a punt or a kick return, uh, maybe both. But I'm looking forward to seeing what Cavante Turpin can do because he's going to score a touchdown on special. Okay, teams. Well, seven. I can see him. I can see him doing something like Snell did against Jackson State. That wild, yes, yeah. yes. seventy yards to get ten yards uh, run. Okay. Hey, you know, uh, the, I wanted to drop this here. This is useless. The associate minister here at my church. His daughter actually goes to Jackson State, and uh, he uh, he said they didn't appreciate that game a whole lot last year. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Don't agree to yeah. play him, then. He's like, I know that paid the whole athletic budget, but we could have, you know, he's like, Purdue could have done that, too. <laughs> so who's going who's, anyway, who's to score the first touchdown, and what will it be? I'm going with Darius Anderson to the house. How many yards? First play of the game, just like uh, Kansas State in Aaron 2015. Green, yeah. Yards. Mm-hmm. yeah, I'm going. I'm going Darius Anderson unless unless Turpin runs it back. But if they if they win the toss, they're going to defer. So that's not good. Yeah, I'm going to go with I'm going to go with Sean Robinson. Play action to the left, Rose right. Play action handoff from the left. That's, no, he's going to fake left. Running backs lining up on the right, fake left, boot to the right, and he's going to hit Tay Barber for a four-yard pass. For a four-yard pass. All right. All right. I can I can affirm that. I'm all for that. I'm all for that. Well, let's go ahead and switch gears here. We've got some recruiting news. The Frogs have landed all three of the Newton three. So the Frogs have uh, had a big commitment on Thursday where they were able to add two more guys to the 2019 class, some highly rated players, one of them a four-star, one of them likely to get bumped to a four-star this season. Uh, Jeremy, tell us just you know quickly a little bit about these two guys and how this happened. Well, the uh, the commitment from Tamazier Brown was was probably the one that – I thought was the most surprising because when I talked to all three of those guys up at TCU in July, I got a great feeling from Josh. I got a great feeling from Darwin and I pretty much Darwin kind of slipped a couple of times when I interviewed him and I told him, Hey, listen, I'm not going to say anything. I'll just let you have your fun. But Tomase was the one kid that I really didn't get a good feeling for. Not that I didn't think TCU was going to get him because I still had my crystal ball, but I just didn't know if he was still going to look for maybe a bigger school. But he did say, that day that 
they really all three wanted to play together. And the one thing that stood out that he said to me was they're from such a small town and he loved the way that TCU was, how it's, everything's close together. It's a small community. Everyone knows everyone. And he said the coaches just really, really made it a point to make those three kids feel like they were the top three recruits on their in their entire class. And so they did a really good job just selling that point to him with Darwin. I mentioned it on the board. Darwin actually committed to TCU in June. He's been a silent commit that whole time. There were some other schools that – Obviously, we're still in the picture, but he was really, really just sold on TCU, and he had even told some of the coaches that TCU was going to be where you know was going to be the spot for him. Um, that, that's why when people kept talking about the Newton boys going up to Arkansas on the 27th, or or Darwin going to Texas on the 27th, that's why I kept telling you guys on the board, don't worry about it; they're coming to TCU because I knew Darwin was a silent mm-hmm. commit at that time. And so that's, that's when you get confidence in this recruiting. When you know, when you know someone, these, when you have that information, but you got to hold on to it. And I, that's why I just kept telling everyone on the board, there's going to be, there's going to be good news. Trust me, there's going to be good news. But yeah, getting those two guys, I mean, Barlow, obviously you, you add him and you get immediately one of the top running back duos in the country and the, in the, from the 2019 class, you have him and Demarque Foster. Both those guys rushed for a combined 5,500 yards and 80 touchdowns in 2017. That's like eight miles yeah. of combined I mean, rush, rushing yards. I guarantee. Jeez. I guarantee if Daniel pulled pulled out his Xbox 360 and played NCAA football, he couldn't have two running yes. backs that would rush for that many yards. No, guarantee. I just throw hail marys over Baylor all day he long. Mo- oh gosh, you're. You're that guy that back yes. pe- that uses the quarterback that rolls, you know, back back pedals about eighty yards and just throws the hell mary. Yes. Yeah. Is that a I, problem? I, I, is is there another? I've maxed out the score yeah. before halftime. Just saying, I'm I'm pretty good. Okay. I'm impressed. Let's go. But I'm yeah, impressed. no, just well, it's it, it was really. So good. we got some video game players coming in, man. That is a heck of a haul in the back. Oh, I know, man. I just I look at it. it, it a lot of people are going to look at the class and think, okay, well, which one are we going to lose? And it was really special because DeMarque was kind of a big reason Darwin wanted to come to TCU. They wanted to create that one-two punch. If you look at what TCU has right now, they've got Darius, they've got Shawo. They're really the one-two punch. And depending on how they do this year, you never know. Always, I, I keep telling everyone, if Darius rushes for 1,400 yards, that may be see ya. you. Know, he may he – may, have a have a chance to play in the NFL right away, but regardless, even if even if they stay another year, you get these guys in, they can learn from Darius and Shawo, and then once those two guys leave, they have three years of playing time. I mean, and it's it's there for the taking. So they know one of them is more of the uh, the bruising back, although Foster is fast and Barlow's more of a slasher, and and he's fast. So just just a really good recruiting haul at running back for them and. Uh, the only other the other team in the Big 12 that I think even comes close to comparing to theirs is uh, Iowa State. Iowa State's got a pretty good running back haul as well. But Tamazier gives the Frogs a good receiving haul too because he's going to play receiver. Now, yes, he could play cornerback as well uh, if they need him to. But right now they're recruiting that receiver. Mm-hmm. They feel that he could be a, a great asset to the outside. He's got – just freaky jumping ability. The guy just jumps through the roof and 
when they went out to see him during the spring evaluation period, the word I got back was Josh Doxson. I mean, they, they thought he looked just like him. Wow. And so when you get that kind of comparison, yeah, you're going to start out on offense and you, you think of Tamazie and you think of Kennedy Lewis, another 6'3", 195-pound kid that runs a 4'4". You think of those two receivers. It's a great class, great class so far. Wow, that is a that is a lot of excitement and a lot of playmakers that I think are coming in, and I I love being able to find those guys in East Texas that feel like they're going to be able to belong at a smaller school and be in Fort Worth. So I, I think that there's just so much talent that you get those people that are you know four star and high three star, get them inside this program, let them let them participate in the weight program and the in the training table for a year, two years, just just watch what's going to happen. I go back and I look at. Darius Anderson's body type his freshman year going into his sophomore year. I mean, he just looked like he put on 25 pounds of just pure muscle. And I think about Foster, I think about Barlow and them coming in and participating in, in just the culture of TCU. I think we're stacked at running back till 2023. I mean, like this is a haul and um, it's really, really good to see these guys locked up with the early signing day now in December before the season starts. They've, they've got a, they got a class that said, I know they're going to take more players, but they 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 are in a great position with the guys. And you know what's you know what's really good about you're you're talking about you know getting those guys and, and having them uh, convinced to sign early, Jeff. The good thing about Newton is yeah, it's a state championship team. I mean, they're going to make another state title run this year. And if you look at the the state playoffs in Texas, they're playing all the way through Thanksgiving, all the way up till mid December. And so if you're signing early, you're not going to have a lot of time to go on these official visits. And you think. Newton's head coach is going to let his players leave during the middle of the week when they're <laughs> when they're trying to prepare for a, a playoff game or a state championship game. So that's the good thing about getting these kids already. And but coach, I want to go to Lincoln, Nebraska, the first week in December. <laughs> that, no, it, that's the funny thing about it because uh, you know everything that I hear from you know Gabe Brooks. He's 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 awesome he, in East Texas. He's got so many connections down One there. One of the good yeah, guys. Gabe's, yeah. Gabe's awesome. Worth it for and he, you know, he told me something about those kids in those rural East Texas towns that if they even go to a place like Arkansas or Stillwater, if you're talking about the Newton kids, Oklahoma State and Arkansas was two of the teams that were on them. I mean, it seems worlds away to them. I mean, just another state away, but it seems so far when they're coming from a small community like Newton. And that's why TCU stood out so much to them because you're going to – it's a big community. Fort Worth's a big city. But TCU itself is not a big campus. You don't have a lot of students in each class. The football program is so closely knit. People around campus love the football mm-hmm. program, and it's it was like home for them. I mean, all three of them said it. It was just like home. Well, you know, looking at it's still water in Fayetteville, they're probably used to, like, running water and indoor <laughs> plumbing and, you know, fast food. So I, I get I mean, those are good places. Electricity, yeah, internet. So I'm glad to see that that they made the wise choice and ended up in Fort Worth. <laughs> yep, uh, Jeremy's the objective journalist; he can't make those comments. But uh, yeah, that was. Uh, I'm glad to see us land those. And Gabe had a great write up. If you're not on 24/7, you need to go check that out. Gabe had a really good uh, write up on the on the boys from Newton. He's going to bring some more content in the next couple of days. So um, I'm just trying to figure out which game I'm going to go see because I can knock out three commitments on one Friday. Oh, I know. We need to. That's perfect. You need to circle the biggest game they've got and head out there. That would be awesome. That would be awesome. Well, actually, that would be the night before the Ohio State game. Oh, because they mind. play. I think they they play at West Orange Stark. Ooh. Yeah. 
So, man, I, I'll tell you what, that, that game did cross my mind. Do I want to make that five-hour journey down Ooh. there, watch that game, stay in a hotel room, and then get up and make that five-hour journey back? To go to, <laughs> to Cherry World. To Arlington to go to – man, I would be – because it, it's a late game. Oh, man, I, I'm already dreading that late the lateness of that game. <laughs> I don't want to think about it. Yeah. Well, let's uh, let's talk about one other commit. If you had ESPN on 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 your on your television on Sunday afternoon, you got to see Carter Johnson, a frog commit out of Ohio. That not only is he a defensive tackle, but not only was he rushing a quarterback at defensive end, he caught a fifty-one yard touchdown pass. And the minute he crossed the goal line, they said, "Hey, you guys can see why this guy committed to TCU." Uh, Jeremy, are the frogs still um, the 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 sole school for his consideration? I know he's a solid verbal. Oh, yeah. He's a commit. Yeah. But um, the, frog, the, the staff has to be elated to have this guy because I saw ESPN bump oh, him up to yeah, a four-star. Sure. I would not be surprised if he's another one of these high threes that get, gets bumped up to a four. They love him. I mean, they love that kid. I, I mean, he is – I promise you right now, I don't care what he's ranked, he was Zarnell Fitch's top target. That's all period. I need to know. And, and that's – in in the moment they got him, I mean, it was a celebration. I'm mm-hmm. telling you. And I'm not surprised by watching him score that touchdown. It, it was a funny story, and I'll keep it short. But the camp that he came down to, I, I uh, you know, wrote about. He made an unofficial visit. He and his mom and his grandma drove the 16 hours it takes to get down to TCU, and they came down on their own dime. But it was during one of TCU's um, summer camps. And when you go to TCU, you go to a camp, you got to work offense, you got to work defense, and he actually worked some tight end and telling you I, I think i wrote about it back then guys the guy's agility is just crazy mm-hmm. for how big he is he's like ross black I, I i told everyone this kid is ross blacklock he's just not six four he's six two six three he he is that athletic i promise you he is that athletic i made a joke when he was running routes and he kept just running downfield cutting perfect running post corners running drags catching everything and I said, I'm going to get my phone out, and I'm going to start videoing this, and I'm going to tweet this. And I heard this, you better not do that. And so I didn't do it because they were worried that it would get out there and go viral and people start seeing him uh, and seeing how athletic he is because they feel like they've got a hidden gem. Now, obviously, with him showing his athleticism on Sunday, more people are going to find out about his athleticism and his size. But he is solid to TCU. The coaching staff has a great relationship with he and his family. He he is the top target. I mean, like I said earlier, Zarnell Fitch made him the priority. Zarnell's relationship with Carter Johnson is just like Zarnell's relationship with Ross Blacklock. That's all I got to say. I mean, it's it's a it's a match made in heaven. Mm-hmm. I'm really excited about that guy, and if if, if Fitch thinks he's the number one uh, priority on their board, that's good enough for me. But you look at that guy, and you see how he was able to move down the field, be able to catch that ball. His thighs are like two tree trunks put together. So I uh, I hope that there's a I hope that there's a way next year that uh, uh, Blocklock and Johnson can be on the field at the same time. Because how would you like to block that group or bring Carter Johnson in a defensive end and have Blacklock Bethley? And Carter Johnson out there that would uh, with with Brandon Bowen on the other end, those kind of things. Um, those, those those are the things that that uh, must must cause problems for offensive coordinators minds. Sorry, I'm kind of stumbling there. But man, what a thought of that. What a thought of that. All right. I want to get a little awkward here for a second. What do you think about Urban Meyer sitting out? 
and uh, three games. I'm just sorry we're in the situation. And uh, I'm just sorry we're in the situation. And uh, I'm just sorry we're in the situation. And uh, I'm just sorry we're in the situation. And uh, I'm just sorry we're in the situation. And uh, I'm just sorry we're in the situation. So we're, we're sorry we're in the situation. Do I understand that right? <laughs> I put that together. I was waiting to use that. That was fun. Yeah. Because. I just, he what a mess. Out. I'm just sorry I'm in this situation. And, and, uh, I want to apologize to Buckeye Nation. Yeah, what a clown. It's a joke. And his medication and all that, don't believe it for a second. Yeah. That's insane. That's all I'm going to say is I, I cannot believe that he has a job, and I cannot believe they, they suspended him one week. He can't, he, he can't be at three games, but he can practice for the two, for the Rutgers game and the TCU game. That is, I just don't get it. I just don't get it. Um, Jim Trestle got fired for essentially covering up tattoos that they got in exchange for, for bowl rings. Well, and this guy what was able- his record against Michigan? I he was he won he won a lot of games against Michigan but yes or huh. he is undefeated against Urban is undefeated against Michigan though so it kind of takes a little bit of the shine off the game I, th- I think the frogs are going to win and I don't I hope that they don't pay a price for it so but so it's just frustrating to, just to show that Daniel was right we predicted that he would be on the sideline against TCU and and uh, Daniel said no he wouldn't. That's true. Oh snap. Props oh, snap. props to you, Daniel. Yep. So we gotta pay up. We I, owe you money. I, I'm well, sure he'll be in the people a suite. that owe I'm, you money. <laughs> I'm sure he'll be in a suite somewhere. Oh, I'm sure With they will be radio, will. you know he will be. How many times do you think the camera will cut to him? Uh none. TSP No. No, it'll none. cut to him. I hope I if if double the commentator nothing, Daniel. I don't think it will. I don't think they want to. I don't think ESPN would want to um, tarnish their cash cow like that. They want to sweep this under the rug. I mean, look how long it took them after Brett Murphy put out, you know, if this thing, you know, went around like a wildfire across the internet, ESPN took like four hours before they even had it on their website, something like that. So I don't think they like that something like that was coming out against Ohio State. I say five times. If that, if the ESPN staff, if the people covering the game talk about the Buckeyes fighting through the adversity of this season, I'm going to take a hammer and smash my television. The, uh, don't get me started. I, I mean, one of my, one of the things I'm adamantly committed to is ending violence against women, specifically by loser men that think that hitting women makes them special or they take out their rage or their issues on a defenseless female. So I hope – I know this sounds cliche, but I hope we don't forget the real victim here is is Courtney Smith who was violently abused and stuck caught up in a system of abuse that was facilitated by Meyer as well as Zach Smith who was who was the one that caused it all. And if there there are no victims in this other than Courtney Smith and her children, and if I have to listen to the Ohio State team fighting through adversity, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna vomit. It makes it hard to like sports sometimes when things like that get said and perpetuated, and that becomes the dominant narrative. That really makes me angry. So, end of soapbox rant. That said, I hope we beat Urban Meyer in Ohio State sixty eight to nothing. So. I just hope it's not if TCU wins, oh, it's because Urban Meyer wasn't there. But if Ohio State wins, um Oh you look know, at what they Yeah. 
look how you know yeah. I, I can just see them spinning it however they need to to once again put in Ohio State and not TCU. Let's see that happen. Yeah, let's see that happen. All right, let's jump to some predictions here. Uh, we've got the 2018 season among us. We're going to take a look at some of the games that week one. Uh, you don't have to give me a score, but let's just kind of do some picks here. We're going to run through these, and then we're going to do some Heisman predictions, some Frogs final records predictions, as well as predictions for playoff teams and national title game and who we think is going to win the national title. So start with you, Jeremy. Week one, Oklahoma hosts FAU, Florida Atlantic University out of Boca Raton. With Lane Kiffin on the sideline, the never-ending meme, the best Twitter follow of a head coach minus Gary Patterson. Who's going to win, Oklahoma or FAU? Florida Atlantic. Oh! Just kidding. Oh, oh man. Kidding. Too late. I already tweeted it. No, Oklahoma's going to win, but Florida Atlantic's going to make Mike Stoops finally stomp so hard on the press box that he's going to fall through the ceiling. Daniel, you're going to take a Florida, Florida Atlantic or OU? Florida Atlantic. And for real. For real. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I just, I think, you know, this is their big game. Probably the biggest one outside of uh, whoever else they play. UCF maybe. Um, yeah. And, you know, it's a chance to make a big statement. Mike Stoops is absolutely terrible. They don't have Baker Mayfield. They now have a midget. And who can't see over his other line. Hey, now. <laughs> no, he, he's hey, really I got to stand small. up for the short people. <laughs> I forget. I'm 6'5", so it, everyone's short to me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, so I just think it'd be interesting. And, um, you know, the, it, just kind of, it just kind of falls into place that they have a, a good shot, I think. So I'm, I'm just going to go with it. I'm going to take the Sooners, but it's going to be a shootout, and the game's not going to be iced until midway through the fourth quarter. So Oklahoma like is going to beat FAU, but it's going to be a headache. All right, one of the games I'm really looking forward to down in the Georgia Dome, uh, Auburn is hosting Washington, and um, these are two top ten teams, and I'm really curious to see what's going to happen in this because one of these teams might be taking a major playoff hit because – no, no two loss playoff team is making it. No, no, no two loss team has made the playoff yet. And being able to go through the Pac-12 where the SEC undefeated is going to be quite a daunting task for either of these teams. So Washington is traveling across country to Georgia to take on Auburn. Daniel, who do you have winning this game between uh, Chris Peterson and uh, what's his name? Sweater vest. Yeah, Gus Mouse on. on. Yeah, I almost said uh, Chad Morris, but <laughs> <laughs> I or think. I think Washington is a little inflated because they play in the pack, which isn't quite that good, um, I think. And I just feel like Auburn will will get it done. I, I you know, Washington, you know, they made the playoff whenever and but they didn't do that great. I, I just think they, they're not quite that top tier to take out, you know, Jarrett Stidham and all that. So mm-hmm. And if he wins, he'll probably get a new truck. Probably. <laughs> Jeremy, who you got in the Washington-Auburn game? Auburn. Auburn. Jake Browning's coming back, but I think Stidham is the better quarterback of the two. And, uh, you know, Auburn had a pretty good team last year. I think they uh, – They lost to the eventual national champions, uh, UCF, but they're pretty good. Auburn, Auburn also beat Alabama and Georgia. They did, but they couldn't beat UCF. 
but they beat the two teams in the national championship game. So that means they're national champions based on UCF's theory. That's true. But but Auburn lost to UCF. But I'm going to take Auburn too. It has been recognized by the NCAA though. It was. What? It was. I saw that yesterday. Yes, yesterday. Yes. What was okay? What was recognized and what rock was I under? UCF uh, was recognized as the national champs last year under the Collie Matrix uh, ranking system. Why does this feel like everyone gets a ribbon to me? I don't, you know, I, I hate, I hate that. You know why? Because the people that buy the, the 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 ribbons are the dads that never got one, and they're buying them for themselves, not their kids. And so, really, this is the UCF boosters that never got the ribbon, and now they're they're getting it for themselves. Mm. I don't know, but yes, UCF was named national champions yesterday. So. That said, I'm taking Auburn. I think Gasmaston's going to run them out of the run them out of the gym. I don't see any way Washington's going to be able to beat Auburn. That said, Wash, Auburn is going to beat Washington, and Auburn is going to go like nine and three or eight and four, and Gasmaston will be back on the hot seat because that's just how things work at Auburn. Um, Michigan Notre Dame. Michigan is is playing at South Bend against Notre Dame. Jeremy, who do you have in this game between Harbaugh and Jim Ke- and and Brian Kelly? Uh, where are they playing at? They're playing in South Bend. Gimme, I don't care. I'm just kidding. Nice. <laughs> I'll, I mean, uh, gimme, gimme Notre Dame or Michigan. Gimme Michigan. Or Michigan. <laughs> okay. Well, that's really your only option. So <laughs> you're the decider. Um, I'm and, gonna, I'm gonna, I'm one, gonna. That one old kid from Ole Miss, isn't he starting quarterback now? Shea Patterson, yeah, he's a starting yeah. quarterback. Okay, give, give me that guy. Give me Michigan. All right, you take Michigan. I'm taking Notre Dame. Daniel, who do you have? Notre Dame. I'm taking Notre Dame as well. That's the right answer. All right, let's go to the GED game. Uh, we got West Virginia versus Tennessee. Uh, playing in Charlotte. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and take West Virginia. I think Tennessee is just so so buried in the SEC, they have got a, so far to so big a hole to dig out of and to rebuild. And they're the weakest part of their weak defense is their secondary. And I think David Still and Will Greer are going to just eat them alive. So give me give me West Virginia, give me West Virginia by twenty one. That's my take. Country roads, country roads. Jeremy, you taking country roads, or are you going to go with Rocky Top? I'm going with the Mountaineers. I'm going with the Mountaineers too. I am going with the Mountaineers as well. All right, one last game here from the, uh, the first weekend that's of interest to me. Old Miss against Texas Tech. Give me that's the a Raiders. tough one. Give me the Red Raiders. I don't know. I like Dakota Allen for a lot of reasons. I think Cliff's going to get fired, but I don't believe in Old Miss that much. I don't know. It's in Houston. I'm going to go with Tech. They don't have a quarterback, but I'm going with Tech. Yeah, I hate Ole Miss, so I'm gonna have to go with Tech. Yeah, screw Ole Miss. I'm going Tech forty-one to three because they're not allowed to go forty-two to three. So I'm going to Tech forty-one to three. Give me the Big Twelve. Anytime SEC loses, I like it. I do too. Give me the Preach. Big Twelve. We need to. We can go. Oh, we can uh, get two wins over the SEC that week one. So hopefully that goes well, and then watch OU lose to Conference USA FAU. All right, uh, let's get some predictions here. Who's going to win the Heisman? Put me on record for Bryce Love, Stanford running back. I've got him winning the Heisman. Um, 
in the Big 12. Will Greer's obviously getting the big hype. Jeremy, Daniel, you guys got any predictions for the Heisman this year? Not Will Greer. Not Will Greer. No. 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 Not I'm even going, close. No, it's, it's probably Bryce Love, yeah. I, I like think Bryce it's Bryce Love. Love. Yeah, I like Bryce Love. I do too. It's ESPN's, not Will Greer. The ESPN's talking about uh, Penn State quarterback, McSorley or whatever. Yeah, I like him too. Yeah. So, and quarterbacks seem to be the favorite nowadays, but running back, if if he doesn't do all that hot and Bryce Love does, yeah, not, not even close. Let me ask you guys a question. What if at the end of September, TCU is 4-0 and and Sean Robinson has put up good numbers? Does he win the September Heisman? I don't know. Because that would be a, it's a it's know. a media thing. You liberal yeah. elitist, the media types like you should understand this. Um, that was a joke for everybody lighting up. Um, yeah, they talk about the September Heisman who who breaks out and has a big year. Geno Smith in 2012, Denard Robinson in 2008, I think it was. So it's whoever has a really good September, and then all of a sudden, um, all the hype kind of goes their way. So I I think Sean Robinson gets in the Heisman conversation if they beat. Uh, Ohio State and Texas back-to-back weeks and are four and zero. I know that's yeah, ridiculous. probably. I think or, or Darius Anderson and who knows. Yeah. I mean, if it if it goes, if the main thing, if you're going out on a national stage, like they will be against Ohio State, and Sean has already had two good games, and people are already promoting him coming into that Ohio State game, and he really puts the team on his back. If he if he goes out there and throws for two fifty and rushes for eighty and combines for three or four scores. Then yeah, I mean he's he's going to start getting mentioned right away. I mean they're, they'll be three and zero, and then especially if he goes the next week down the road down on the road at Texas, and they win that game, then yeah, I mean obviously he's he's going to start getting a lot of mentions. And if the Heisman voters have proven anything in recent years, it it doesn't take a junior or senior to win the Heisman no. trophy anymore. I mean a, a true freshman or a redshirt freshman or even sophomore can win that trophy. I mean, the age mm-hmm. really doesn't matter anymore. No, it does not. It does not. So I'll be interested to see what can come of that because I've got the Frogs going 4-0. We'll talk about that here in a second. Uh, let's predict a couple of predictions here real quick. Baylor, Daniel, how many wins does Baylor have this year? Four. Four? I'll wow. be dang. I can't believe it. Jeremy? I don't I don't know who, but it, I just don't see any more than four. I'm going to go five to six. I think they I five think they'll six. they'll have a chance. They got ASU. I mean, not ASU. They got uh, Abilene Christian. They got ACU. They've got uh, UTSA, which I think will be a tough game. Actually, they got mm-hmm. they have Duke, and then they have the Big Twelve. So you give them the Kansas win. Um, ACU, ACU, Kansas, ACU, Kansas. Now remember, we gave them liberty last year. We we did give them and, and liberty gave them death. So that <laughs> well done. That I think I, great, I think they I think they can beat UTSA. I think they can. Um, I think Charlie Brewer's a good quarterback. I think he's got I do a too. year under him. I do too. He's they're gonna they're gonna beat someone they're not supposed to. I think they could beat Texas Tech. They might they might be UTSA speaking of somebody they're not that's, supposed that's, to be. Yeah, I, that's why I said I think I think they have a chance to beat them. I think obviously ACU, Kansas, Texas Tech, and Kansas State. I think if they really get the offense going and Kansas State has to play catch up, who I mean they're not built for a uh, uh, an offense that's going to have to come down from fourteen points. I mean they're they're just not. I think they can get five wins, five to six. 
I'm now, going four. Now, now that we've said that, they're going to beat TCU, and it's going to destroy all the TCU fans' dreams. It will. Hell yeah, it will. <laughs> That's right. You know it will. You know it will. All right. So we got we've got Baylor figured out there. Um, West Virginia. I they're they're number two and number three in almost every single poll. Number two in the Big Twelve media preseason poll. Uh, some of the AP polls and the coaches poll have West Virginia behind TCU with TCU the second highest rated team. What do you make of the Mountaineers? Where do you predict that the Mountaineers finish in conference, Daniel? Third, Jeremy. Third, I'm going fifth. I think they. Nice. St- I think they start eight and zero, and they go zero and four in November. Who's their uh, last four games? Texas. I mean, at Texas, home against TCU, at Stillwater, home against Oklahoma. That's yeah, a, probably. That's a gauntlet. Sneaky game they could lose, week three, NC State. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. You know? That's definitely true. Yeah, yeah. But- so I'm, I am definitely not on the West Virginia bandwagon this year. I think, I think they lose four, five games. They might, they might lose five games, and Holgo gets fired. <clears throat> I think Dana's going to get fired this year. I, I personally believe that that game is going to be the hardest game for TCU this year up in Morgantown. You might be right. You might be right. I just think they're going to have – it's going to be curious for them making – I think they've got two straight road trips, and then they get to play at home. They're somewhere – I think they're at somewhere, and then at Texas, and then they're home against TCU. So it will be tough. It will be tough. We'll be we'll be. I'll be really interested to see the state and the Mountaineers by then. They've still got David Smith too, and he'll probably score like two or three touchdowns against TCU. Easy. Easy. And the good news is if the if the Mountaineers lose a close game to TCU, their fans will handle it in a calm, rational way. You know, they're they seem to be pretty reasoned and measured with that. They're able to kind of digest ambiguity well. Um they're they're they don't follow like fringe uh you know, tangential theories. They're just like pretty down the center, you know, down the middle. That's what I like about West Virginia fans. Uh all right, let's get on the record here. What's the frogs record this year? Jeremy, we're going to start with you. Predict the Frogs' record this regular season. I can't. I don't know, man. You can't, or you? I I need. I need to see. I can't, and I won't. No, I need. I I want to see. I want to see two games. I mean, it's just. It's tough to tell right now. I think they have the chance to win them all, and I think they have a chance to go seven and five. Is this somewhere in between there? I I don't know. I mean, yeah. it's no one no one can predict when you make a prediction. It's it's basically what you think, or not what you think. It's what you want them to go. What's what's yeah. it going to take to have a good season? Okay, and in a lot of people's mind, ten and two would be a good year. But I'm looking at it from the standpoint where I can't make a a win loss prediction yet because I want to see I want to see what they look like the first two games. Are they consistent on offense? If Southern comes in and beats the brakes off their offensive line, guess how many people that predicted 10 or 11 wins is going to start thinking, oh, man, our season's down the drain. It's just so tough, man. It's it's a crapshoot. But I, I honestly, to give you the closest answer, it, it could be anywhere between 7 and 12. 7 and 12. 7 and 12. Yeah, 7 and 12 wins. Daniel? 12 and 0. 
Good. I appreciate your uh, reasoned, unbiased response. 12-0, and 0, you think they're going to run the table? Well, you said regular season, but I'm really going 15-0. and 0. <laughs> Love it. Love it. 15-0. and 0. I think the Frogs win 10 games this year. I think they're going to end up in the Big 12 title game. And I think they could beat Ohio State and still go 10-2. and 2. So I'll be really curious to see what they do down the stretch in the Big 12. So at Texas is going to be a tough game. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we're one. The Frogs are one and five against Oklahoma. I mean, it's it's just statistically it's going to be a loss unless something shifts. And so even with uh, the best team they had in the Big 12, that was the worst team that Oklahoma's had since we joined the Big 12, and we still beat them by less than a touchdown and took a pick six. So being able to beat Oklahoma is just going to be tough, but I think that home environment is going to be nuts. That home game against Oklahoma is going to be crazy. So really looking forward to that. But I actually think this is going to – I think I stole this from you, Jeremy. If they come out and blow the doors off at of SMU, which they're capable of, I think I'm going to feel pretty good. Yeah. I think Wish so. they should. Uh, SMU's got an older team this year, but they don't have Cortland Sutton. They don't have Trey Quinn. They have James Prochet no. still. He's a good receiver. Their running backs are decent. They, they're they a year older on defense, but it's going to it's gonna take a heck of a lot more than one year. I, I like Sonny Dykes. I like uh, some of the coaches on his staff, and I think they have a chance to continue what Chad Morris built. But Chad Morris, to mm-hmm. me, is just – he had that culture believing in a lot of things and whether that culture remains with the new coach is, is yet to be seen. But, and I think it's really tough for a coach to take over for some, for someone like that. It's just like, it's going to be for TCU when, when coach P retires, there's not going to be the same culture. You're going to have someone that's going to want to build mm-hmm. the same culture, but it's, it, it's going to take the players a while to it's, just, it's just yeah. different. And I think Sonny's going to do a good job, but uh, I'll tell you right now, I don't – the way – what I remember of SMU was the bowl game they played up in Frisco. And now granted – Oh. Now granted, they, that was, they had to – they were getting coached by guys that were on campus for about a week. And uh, and it was also National Signing yeah. Day, and they spent all morning getting their recruits locked down and then basically got on the tollway yeah. and drove up and coached a game of guys they didn't know. But Seriously, it, that's it what was so bad. I mean, just so so bad. But uh, like I said, I think I think those guys will, you know, keep keep the train rolling. I don't think they're going to go out and win eight or nine games at SMU. I wish they would because it would make TCU look better. Um, but I, mm-hmm. I think TCU's real contest is going to be that third week against Ohio State. I mean, that's going to be their first true game. But you know, even Coach Patterson said on the uh, media teleconference on Monday that for whatever reason, when they go to SMU on Friday, it's, it's, it's a painful game. I mean, SMU is going to hit them in the mouth and it's their Super Bowl. I mean, mm-hmm. they want to win that game it and uh, TCU better be ready. They can't go in there just expecting them to roll over. No, they can't. All right. Well then let's close with our predictions of the playoffs. Who are the four teams that you think are going to make the playoff? Daniel, who are your four? I think Clemson is probably the best team in the country. And then Alabama, because I don't care how many they lose, ESPN is not going to leave Alabama out. Um, man, I really hadn't thought about this. 
Uh, I think the winner of the Big 12 and then the winner of the Big 10, probably. Yeah. But I don't, I don't know. I'm not sure who that's going to be because um, it depends on, let's say, TCU beats Ohio State. <clears throat> Ohio State then has a couple other games. They could lose. Um, so, so they might be out. Then Wisconsin doesn't play anybody, oh. so they'll be in the championship game. Oh my gosh. So, anyway, that's that's what I think. So those those two, and then the winners are the other two. I think the AAC has a better divisional team than has has better teams in their divisions than the Big Ten West. That is such a dog conference. I mean, if you could let me play Purdue in Illinois every year and went Minnesota every year, that would be nice. Um, that's dog conference. Jeremy, who do you have in the Final Four? Give me Alabama. Give me Clemson. Ooh. I, I, I'm, Ooh, I'm, like, I'm like Daniel. I think Clemson's top team. I do too. I'll go with uh, Wisconsin. Ooh. I think Wisconsin's okay. got one of the best running backs in the country with Jonathan Taylor. He's another guy I think could be considered Heisman worthy. Uh, oh, definitely. And then I think the Big 12, I don't think there's going to be a team from the Pac-12 this year. don't think it's going to happen. Nope. Uh, I think Auburn sets the tone when they beat Washington. So I, I – I think as long as Oklahoma and, and TCU are uh, good with that one, if they just have one loss, they should be fine, even maybe with two. But if TCU wins the Big 12, they'll they'll have to beat Ohio State to get in. They, I mean, they, had, they have to have that on their resume. But I could be like Robert Smith and, and uh, Texas, man, Texas. Texas. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I love Robert Smith, dude. <laughs> when I saw that, I'm just like, with all due respect. Yeah, let me preface with all due respect. I do respect. I, I said with Man, all due respect. I, yeah, that was pretty bad. It's all, yeah, it's all to get people talking. It's like Joey Galloway last year with Baylor. I know. He picked Baylor. But, he picked uh, Baylor. He said he picked, he picked Baylor number one, but he, people misinterpreted. What he meant was they'd have one win. One win, yeah. yeah. That's well, he did Robert, get that right. Robert Smith's pulling right. the, the oldest trick in the book. He's saying Texas so – in the remote possibility that they actually get into the playoffs, he could say, see guys, I told you guys all along, watch out for Texas. I told you all along. That's right. That's right. I'm going to go, I'm going to go with some unconventional here. I'm going to go with uh, Alabama and Clemson and then wait for it. I'm going with Oklahoma and TCU. Those are my four teams. Please do. Please, please do tell Please tell me how that's going to happen. I want to hear it. Tell, you want to hear how that's going to happen? Uh, TCU is going to have a, a win over Ohio State. They're okay. going to beat Ohio State. They're going to run, and then they're going to lose to okay. Oklahoma. Oklahoma is going to run the table and be number twelve. Is going to be twelve and zero going into the Big Twelve title game. Frogs eleven and one. Oklahoma twelve and zero. Frogs are going to win the rematch this year. And they'll both be sitting there at 12-1 and one with the Frogs having the tiebreaker as the conference champion. And I just think there's going to be some carnage. We have not had – we have yet to have a championship game knock a team out of the playoff that wasn't basically playing for, for a playing game like Clemson and Miami last year. We're yet to have where the three-loss team with one loss and in, 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 out of conference comes into the title game and, and beats a team that was supposed to get into the playoff. And I just think that's going to happen this year. 
I think I think with the Frogs beating Ohio State, they're going to be able to have that leg up over Ohio State, kind of regardless what they do in the Big Twelve in the Big Ten. I I, I don't think anybody's going to go undefeated in the Big Ten, so I think Ohio State's going to end up Big Ten champs with two losses. That's going to put Oklahoma and TCU above them, and I just I just think the Pac-12 is weak. I think if if Washington loses Week One to Oregon, I think you can almost begin by process of elimination start to watch their chances just shrink you know, by week six, by week seven. So you immediately are going to be in that spot. So I think they're both going to be 12 and one. I think the frogs are going to have that big win over Ohio state. Who's going to win the big 10, but it's not going to be unblemished. And I think it's going to be uh, where the frog, where the big 12 gets two teams in. I'll have what he's having. If you wanted to know how ESPN will close down. That would be awesome. Would it not? Hey, think about it. Think about it. How close were, was that? No, no, listen, how close was that to being the story last year? We're two plays away from that being. No, I mean I, I, I agree with One you. One play against Iowa State, but both of them against Iowa State. If Oklahoma makes one play against Iowa State and TCU makes one play against Iowa State, we're literally in that scenario where the the Big Twelve title game is a play-in game with two teams, one twelve and a one eleven and one. What if what if uh, TCU and Ohio State? TCU somehow runs the table, but they lose in the Big 12 championship and they finish 12 and 1. And Ohio State finishes 12 and 1 and they come off a win in the Big 10 championship. I don't think there's enough Shiner in Tarrant County to deal with that. Wouldn't that be something to talk about? So you got a team. That would be something you got a to team talk about. Head, you know head what head. I talk about? I talk about the adversity that the players fought through in order to get to this spot. <laughs> Oh my gosh! <laughs> well, they only lost to TCU because they didn't have Urban Meyer. I don't, I, they didn't have Urban Meyer. I know. Well, that was like last year, about week six. All the Ohio State fanboys start saying, "You know, if Oklahoma played Ohio State again, we don't even think Oklahoma could win." Like I watched that game. I just watched Baker Mayfield run up and down your field and score at yeah. will. So I don't want to hear that garbage. But they're going to start that story. You know what's funny? I hadn't even thought story. about this. Baker Mayfield planted that OU flag in Columbus, and now he plays for the Browns. I mean, had, had, oh yeah, it, there's a lot of conflict. Oh really? Okay, so I haven't really read into it. I mean, uh, I yeah, follow almost zero percent of pro football. I, I, it just doesn't interest me. So I didn't know I if there's either. like if there's stories out there talking gotta, about how Cleveland hates Baker Mayfield because of that incident last year in Columbus. Well, I've got I've got a situation for you. This is similar to that. I got a good friend of mine, Scott Anderson. He probably listens to Frogcast. Uh, he grew up in my youth group. He is a diehard Texas fan. I mean, like dad has season tickets, goes to Red River, Texas fan, and he is also a diehard Cleveland Browns fan. He is from Cleveland originally, and so he has to hate Baker Mayfield for basically five years <laughs> and then has to now love Baker Mayfield as the man that can hope around, turn around his hopelessly, hopelessly flawed program in the Cleveland Browns in, or, you know, organization franchise. So that's, that's kind of fun. That's kind of fun. That's awesome. Well, guys, we have gone over an hour here, so we are going to wrap this up. Anything else you guys have for the good of the cause before we sign off? Have fun tailgating Saturday morning. Be if safe. you see me, offer me a breakfast taco. Yeah. 
get out there, enjoy the game, stay safe, stay hydrated, and um, hopefully we can get up to 60, 70 points. So we're going to sign off for today. Thanks so much for listening to the Frogcast. For Daniel and for Jeremy, I am Jeff Mitchell. Thanks for listening.